0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski, And today, we have a world-class sales leader. Her name is Christine Nolan, and she is starring in the first ever conference-focused episode on 30MPC because they are back in action. Nick, why should people listen?
1: There are so many sellers who board the airplane on their way back from a conference with a gut full of fried food. They haven't worked out in three days. They've got 87 unread emails in their inbox because they haven't checked their email at all. And their legs, Armand, their legs hurt because for the past three days, they just stood at the booth waiting for prospects to come to them. And I promise you, After listening to this episode, if you implement a third of the stuff Christine talks about, you will get more out of your next conference than the average sales rep does in a decade's worth
0: of conferences. And you shouldn't be eating hot dogs, you shouldn't be eating chicken tenders, you shouldn't be having martinis, a three, a two, a one, you should be eating legs, and what that means is leg day in the hotel gym. Let's get on with it.
1: Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do... Do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's show is brought to you by Exactly Forecasting, which is a flexible sales forecasting solution that uses AI and data to help you call an accurate sales forecast. Gartner says over half of sales leaders don't have high confidence in their forecast. One way we recommend to improve your forecast is to align as a team on explicit attributes that must be true in order to deem a deal forecastable. That way your forecast will get clearer and the team will know where to focus efforts. We put together a forecasting 101 guide with our friends at Exactly. Get it for free in the show notes.
0: Rocket reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes.
1: Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go Go get it and try it for free. All right, Christine, welcome to the show. We start every single interview with your top three actionable takeaways. So let's get your three.
2: All right. So the first one is record, listen, rewrite, record, listen. So I'd say here, you know, most sales orgs nowadays have some sort of recording technology. All this is super great for listening for actionable follow-ups with your customer. It's, I'd say, equally as good for self-improvement. So make sure you're listening for what you liked, what you didn't like, and then write down what you should have said. Record yourself saying that. Sometimes I even recommend that people say it to themselves in a mirror, or you can pull up a Zoom and just talk to your own picture. Make sure that you have it recorded exactly the way that you want to say it and keep practicing it that way. I also think that you can do this if you're a manager or sales manager for interviews too. Make sure you're asking the question the right way. Listen to how you can improve for next time.
1: Great. What's number two?
2: Number two is have an intentional speaking hour. So set up with your friends, set up with other reps on the team, your, your manager. But basically set aside an hour, sometimes over lunch, where you don't have to talk about something that is specific to your company. It's just casual conversation where you eliminate filler words. So write down what your filler words are. Every time that you say a filler word, you have to start what you were saying over again. So start the sentence over again or start the the topic. You will be surprised at how quickly you recognize your friends, each other's filler words, and you eliminate them and how awkward it is at the beginning. But it's really, really helpful to make sure that you're speaking without filler words and you're speaking intentionally.
1: Phenomenal. What's number three? Round us out.
2: Number three is musical chairs. So when you're at a conference, play musical chairs. Go to the session that A, you're interested in, or B, you think that there's going to be a potential buyer there and you want to try to meet them. Get there early, sit down next to someone, start talking to them. If they're not the person that you want to talk to, if they're not a person that you think might be a potential buyer, or if they're just not wanting to talk to you, get up and move. No one will be offended. It's totally okay to do. Sit down to somebody else. Do the same thing. Start talking. If they're not the right person, get up and move. Now, don't do it if they're sitting on the same row. You know That might be kind of awkward. It'll be a little weird, but no one will notice and definitely no one will remember.
0: Christine, we've actually never talked about the prep process, and overall how to manage a conference best. And fortunately, things are finally opening up again. So you get signed up for a conference by your marketing team. Let's break this down step by
2: step. First is looking at who is potentially in that city anyway, or who's in that region. Making sure to reach out to them very casually, hey, I'm going to be in town. I'm going to this conference. I don't know if you're going to go. would love to have a coffee with you a couple of days beforehand. No one wants to meet after the conference. Don't offer it. The other thing you can do is basically if you have been to this conference before, there might be a list of registrations from the previous years. Look at that. Set up an outreach campaign or set up a campaign to get connected to those people who went in previous years and ask if they're going to go again. There are probably a lot of other people that are doing this as well. So maybe see, did someone at your company meet with someone in the past? Like really look at what happened in the in historicals. And then start asking. Like you, if you're, I don't know if you have a top list of accounts that you're working with, reach out to them. Personalize your your invite. If you have their mailing address, personalize, handwrite a note, say, hey, I'm going to this. We want to host a dinner before the event. Are you going to be in town for this?
1: You're describing a play that I used to use where normally when I'm prospecting, it's, hey, I think you might have this problem. My software might help with this problem. Would you like to see a demo, learn more, et cetera? And when I had conference season going on, I would actually use that as the call to action, which was... Hey, personalization thing that I found about you. I think you might be going to this conference. I'm going, are you going to be there? And that's it. And a lot of times I'd get no, but at least I had a response that I could turn exactly. into, oh, okay, well, even if you're not going to be there, maybe we could talk about this. I'm curious about what that messaging looks like. So you believe that. Armand is going to be at this conference. And it's because he's in that city. He's part of a trade association, maybe. What, when you email him, what are you putting in the subject line and body of that email so that it doesn't come across as just like some generic spam of, we will be in town. Would you like to meet?
2: I know you guys talk a lot about social selling, but really making sure that you understand who Armand is, take a look at has he posted anything, what's going on with him, and try to personalize the subject of that email to tailor it to something that he already cares about. So Armand posts that he loves sailing or you found that out. And you're going to a town that is landlocked. You can put something in the title like landlocked in Lubbock, Texas, you know, do you want to meet up? We're going to be there as well. Our CEOs in town would love for you guys to connect. That kind of thing. Just short and sweet, but tailored and personalized to to the person. You can Ask if they're going to certain events. You can ask if you know if you're having an event, you can try to get them signed up for that. You know, I'm making a reservation at this spot, thought you'd be interested in this. Or, hey, you're going to this. This is a pretty cool speaker that I saw last year at you know, the Black Hat event. Are you going to this spot? And if so, do you want me to introduce you to the speaker? And you can't do this with like the whole list of registrants. You're doing this for the select the top, like your ideal customer profile, key accounts.
0: Christine, can you talk a little bit about the CTA, the call to action or the intent behind the message? And the reason is you said, hey, we're going to be in town. Our CEO is going to be in town. I'd love it for you both to connect. How much, if at all, are you positioning this as, hey, this is going to be a meeting where we try to understand your problems versus, hey, this is a meet and greet, just more like a business networking type of thing?
2: I would say for conferences, you always want to position for the latter personally. You can get to the meat of, hey, I want to understand what's going on with your company, but that's a very selfish view. I think ultimately you want to try to educate them. You want to try to network with them. You want to try to help them network with, network with other people. And then what will come from that is really where you get to the gold of, of making these conferences successful.
0: So, Christine, we'll come back to all the things you do when you do get the attendee list and stuff like that, but let's dig a little bit deeper here. So, you're positioning these as meet and greets, networking meetings, what have you. And let's say you set one of these meetings off of these emails and you decide to meet them at a booth, in a room, at a conference session, whatever it might be. Talk to me about how do you structure these meetings that you've pre scheduled and slowly transition them from warm meet and greet to sales conversation.
2: Yeah, and it kind of blends a little bit of the prep too because someone who's at the conference is potentially a buyer, maybe they're a user, but there's somebody that is important enough that their company said, "Hey, you need to go to this conference to learn, listen, to network, whatever it is." Say it's an economic buyer. I'm going to meet with your CTO at this conference. You're reaching out to an engineer, let's say that's your your user. Do you have a couple of minutes to talk to me about what you're working on now so that I can go into this meeting with your CTO and my CEO and make sure that we're making the most of that time with that person? So try to get as much prep leading up to that as you possibly can. It even matters, like then when you go into the meeting, you're like, hey, I met with these four people at your company just to make sure that I understood what might be going on. But ultimately, you came here, you agreed to meet with me what are you looking to get out of this? Have you heard of us before? Are you dealing with a problem like this? Do you just think that we have a cool name and great swag? And if so, great, we do. And like, I'm happy to give something to you, but what are you looking to glean from our interaction? Because then based on that, I can tailor our conversation to that.
1: That's really smart because I think about the way that I've done this at conferences where I was smart enough to say, okay, I need to move past the, want to see a demo, come by the booth, let's have a sales meeting. And I was intelligent enough to say, okay, let's just meet, let's network. But I really struggled to turn a networking meeting into a business conversation where I would spend 29 minutes talking with Armand about sailing, but I didn't really have a jumping off point to turn it into a business conversation. And what you're proposing is that you kick off that conversation with, hey, I talked to a bunch of people on your team to make sure that I had a really good sense of what your business was focused on so that it was a productive session for us. But before I go all about myself and some of the things that I learned and stuff we might be able to do together, what the heck do you want to accomplish here? Because if it's you want introductions to people I might know, I can make that. If you want swag, I can give you that. you essentially getting a pulse check with them to figure out what direction should I even go in this meeting? Cause you don't want to start pitching if they're like, yeah, I just, I, I did want a t-shirt. Your t-shirts look really cool. And I love the free chapstick.
2: And I would also just say like, you should never start pitching unless someone literally says, tell me your pitch. If you're bumping into someone, they're coming to your booth or, you know, you meet them in the bathroom. You want to have a very snappy, like, Hey, here's how we help this. It's your elevator pitch." It's just something to wet their whistle and say, like, is that what you're looking for? Do you want to talk more? Ultimately, you don't want to talk to someone that doesn't think that they have the pain that your product solves.
0: Just to tie this one off, to your point, you should not be turning this into an incognito discovery call. That is a terrible taste to put in someone's mouth. You should think of this as a networking event, the best possible LinkedIn conversation you could have with someone or the best possible referral conversation or warm cold call conversation you could ever have. And so to Christine's point and to Nick's point, one iteration that we've used at 30MPC when we go to conferences like Dreamforce or Outreach Unleash, what have you, is we come ready For all of those meetings with a sense of how that prospect is doing marketing. And we just ask them about how they came up with those ideas. Oh, it looks like you've been putting a lot of thought into your brand, yada, 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 yada. And we spend 25 minutes of the 30-minute meeting talking about them. And then at the end of the five, we might insert a subtle, hey, a lot of the things that you're doing that they're sort of aligned with what we do. I don't want to be that guy to pitch you over a happy hour martini, but maybe we can chat when we're both back in office and we've had a day back. And you use that as the ability to tee up the sales conversation and all you've done is you've used your really, really good research. So Christine, I love what you talked about as it pertains to that meeting. I have to go to an uncomfortable place, which is the bathroom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Why it's uncomfortable for you, maybe we'll circle back at the end after the recording's done.
0: I run away when I see Nick in the bathroom. I sprint (laughs) away. So how are you turning that into a pleasant experience?
2: So basically, the way that I've seen a lot of people work conferences, like, it's... it's they've never been taught how to how to do it and it's because we had covid and a lot of people are new and you know you just don't get really into the rhythm of things and it's awkward like you're running into people that you don't know it's like you know some sort of weird blind date situation on a on a mega scale so when i'm going into a conference and i have all my reps do this and i have reps that you know just work at the company you have a you have like a hit list who do i want to meet who do I know is coming here, coming back to that, that list of registrants. I know that they're here. What I actually do is I take a screenshot of their LinkedIn and I create a Google doc with it. So I have their name. I have who they are, their picture, a little blurb about them. And then I circulate that with everyone that is at the conference who works for my company. And then I say, okay, here's who I want to talk to. And then I, on my phone, I look it up and I'm like, is that them, is that them, is that them? When you spot them, don't be like a creepy stalker, but try to figure out a way to casually interact with them. And when I was making the joke about the bathroom, it's that sometimes you, the best place to meet someone is like you're washing your hands after going to the bathroom. And this may not be true in men's bathrooms, but in ladies' bathrooms in hotels, there are often like little couches and people go in there and sit. Oh yeah, it's a whole thing there are couches and mirrors and things like that. And so you're wondering why people are taking so long in the bathroom. If you see someone who you want to talk to, go to the bathroom. Don't follow them immediately, but go into the bathroom, sit on the couch, go wash your hands, go fix your makeup, go do whatever you need to do to stall while they actually go to the bathroom. And then you chat with them and you're like, Hey, how's it going? Are you enjoying the conference? Like, nobody's gonna ever want to go to the bathroom with me at a conference again. They're gonna see right through me now. But you look at them and you're like, oh, hey, Nick, funny meeting you here in the men's bathroom. Oh, I really enjoyed that post that you you made last week on on LinkedIn. You know, I think it's really cool how you guys are dealing with such and such problem. I'm Christine, by the way. Sorry to meet you this way, but you know, I'd love to have a, a chat. You know, maybe we can get a drink at some point later in the conference. You can decide how hard to come on based on their reaction to you meeting them in the bathroom. But I would just say, like, use that interaction, that way of, like, casually meeting someone throughout the entire conference. You know who you're trying to talk to. You try to find opportunities to to make that happen. There are all sorts of
1: uncomfortable jokes I could make about (laughs) the bad experience you would have if Armand were your prospect, but I'm... Far more mature than that, and I won't make any of those jokes. But this concept does extend to all these other areas. What you're doing, Christine, is you're engineering these different areas where, like you talked about with the musical chairs, you're you're creating ways to have casual interactions with people. I talked to so many salespeople who spend the entire time standing at the booth waiting for prospects to come to them. And what ends not up happening, happen. you end up being, right, you end up being known as the person who, oh, this person, like had a great conversation with them when we were washing our hands and we were in line for the buffet and you struck up conversation with me. Nick's a cool person, which people don't always say. But what you're doing is you're creating opportunities to have real, natural, casual interactions, not this buyer-seller booth and booth wanderer. Talk to me about the things you're doing maybe in the more like nightlife bar side of things. Cause you mentioned that's another way that you're getting meetings.
2: Happy hours. I think, you know, they're coming back and it's a great way to meet people. And I was at a happy hour recently with an investment firm. and I hadn't been to one in a while. And I was like, Oh gosh, this is awkward. I don't know anyone. It's a massive space, mostly older men And I have to figure out who I want to talk to and who I want to, you know, potentially meet and follow up with later. So then, of course, I remembered, oh, right, you're not at a happy hour to drink. And I will say that about like any work event. And I say this to my junior reps and they're like, "What?" but I don't get free drinks. You are at the events, you're at the happy hours, you're at the dinners so that you can meet someone, sell to someone, go to President's Club, drink with your friends. Eat wonderful food with your family, with your friends, so that you don't have to do it again when you're meeting people. So you're at a happy hour. Do not drink, but get many drinks. So go to the bar, order a drink, chat with people around you, have a sip. They're not the right people. Nice to meet you. Goodbye. Go put your drink down. It's a happy hour. They're free. Or, you know, if it's your company, expend some drinks. Go back up to the bar, a different side, talk to some people, order the drink. Oh, what are you drinking? Oh, I love that drink. I'll get one of the same. How's the conference going? Strike up a conversation, go back, dump your drink. I would also say the same for food lines and buffets, like eat before, don't go there hungry. Try not to be putting food in your face while you're trying to have a conversation with someone. Like go and get a Subway sandwich.
1: I had to pick that one up, Christine, because Armand will tell you I'm a very messy eater. And I realized it was a really terrible look to have chicken wing sauce (laughs) dribbling down my suit when I was trying to have a conversation. But you are right. The reason that you are at these events is this is a business event. I'm trying to fill my pipeline so that I can go to President's Club. And it's not to eat a bunch of crummy fried food and Drink too much and feel terrible by the third day of the conference. And when you can have discipline around that stuff, you can get more out of one conference than most salespeople will get in a decade's worth of
0: conferences. Nick and I actually used to make bets where we would say, We're not allowed to leave, we're not allowed to go eat until we each come back with five business cards. And you can take this exact same approach that Christine is giving you with the Google Doc, which is brilliant. You split up a Google Doc with a friend or what have you, or maybe you have two different territories. And you know, these conferences have these really long aisles with booths on both sides. And what you do is it's like you're getting married. You just walk the aisle together with a friend, and your friend walks the right, and you walk the left. And you say, our goal is to have this Google Doc in hand. And by the end of this line, we've each approached at least five people, and we'll meet at the end. So this can be a lot of fun if you're with a fellow seller. And it gets even better if you have this Google Doc, because now you can start to recognize both the companies you're trying to get after, but also the explicit faces of the people that you want to get. So we've talked a little bit about, before you get the list, we've also talked about spontaneously different places you can go within a conference. I wanna dig a little bit deeper into the sessions, Christine. So there are a variety of different speaker sessions. Sometimes there are networking mini events or mini happy hours or what have you. Other than the standard conference booth floor, yada, yada, are there other magic moments within a conference where you would really suggest reps go there or do certain things at certain times?
2: You want to pick sessions that you think your buyers might be going to. So again, if you're going to a session, play musical chairs, but then if the session isn't that interesting, or if you're not getting something from it, don't just sit there and check your email, get up and leave. I've been to a couple of conferences where I didn't even have a pass. And so it's setting up lunches, setting up breakfasts around the conference. We did a donut cart with coffee outside of the conference once where it was just like basically come and have donuts with us. We didn't have a booth. I worked for a company that was very small at the time, so we couldn't afford to have a a big booth. We got so much out of it. So try to find ways to be creative and find ways to work the conference outside of the conference as well.
0: I think the meta theme that Christine is hitting on is a lot of people, they waste their time in these two-hour sessions. They sit down for lunch with the wrong people and they sit there and they stuff their faces for an hour. They stay at a happy hour. They talk to someone for 60 minutes and it's the wrong person, but it's comfortable. And what you need to do is you need to bite down and get uncomfortable. And if you do that, what you can do in 12 hours at a conference, most people will do in 12 conferences. What that means is if there are two 30-minute sessions back-to-back, You can go hit four of those. You should hit the first 15 minutes before a session and then the 15 minutes at the end of the next one, so leave halfway through. And I'm not saying just be rude and ditch all these sessions, but the beginning and the end are the most valuable parts before the person on stage is actually talking. Go do that four times across the next four hours. You've had 16 sessions that you've hopped across. Go work the floor with your friends and then be done with this thing so then you can actually enjoy them buffet or the happy hour when you're back home or when you're on your own bed, whatever it is.
2: You brought up something that was really good about optimizing. It's a team effort. So have a Slack channel that is just this conference that everyone that is there plus your SDRs back home are in. Cause then you can say, hey Arman, I think I'm talking to one of your potential prospects, Nick back home. Can you look up if he's here or if he looks like this or give me information on the company? So then your trying to have the, the face-to-face interaction. You're telling Armand where you are. He just happens to come in. You introduce him. Or you have the conversation and then you set up the intro afterward. Like Any conversations and any leads that come from this is all good for the business. And it doesn't have to be only my accounts or only Armand's accounts.
0: Christine, speaking of the things that happen outside of the conference, I've seen different folks take different approaches. One approach is when I'm at the conference, I'm only at the conference, and any comms back to HQ are related to conversations that I'm having at the conference. The other approach is I'm going to have dedicated working hours at the conference where I manage my customer calls. I take a few calls here and there. So, to what extent are you letting non conference work slip into conference hours, and how do you best manage that?
2: Sounds a great question. I think that. Ultimately, you're trying to optimize for the time that you're at the conference. So, you know, maybe you have an hour before the conference gets started that you're going to check your emails. And maybe you have like a really important call with someone that, you know, you're trying to close a deal or you have a weekly cadence and nobody else can take that call. Or maybe it's someone that you've been trying to get for months and they finally said yes and you're going to take this call. That's fine. But I would say, Don't try to schedule time to to work while you're at the conference. I would say do make sure that you're taking care of yourself, you're sleeping, you're still doing exercise, and you're not drinking too much because that can ruin your conference.
1: I think you can meet just as many prospects in the hotel gym as you could at the bar. And that's another way to accidentally bump into someone. Oh, would you like a spot on the bench press, Armand? Christine, this has been one of the most fun episodes we've had in a while. And so sadly, we are running out of time. And so we got to move to the final question. And the final question is this. We've talked about a lot of really great things salespeople should be doing. Now I got to ask you about a shouldn't. So the last question is, what's one bad habit that you see a lot of salespeople exhibiting that you think they need to break because it hurts them more than it helps?
2: Ooh, I think you got to make sure that you're keeping the right deals in the pipe. I think that Salespeople often, this is unrelated to conferences, but salespeople often hang on to something because they think it's going to be perfect. But if you haven't really found the pain and they're not the right person that you should be talking to, it's better to say, hey, let's pause on this until we have the right people in place and the right problem that we're solving for you.
1: Phenomenal. Christine, thank you for joining us. Everybody stick around for a 60-second recap coming up soon.
0: Your Zoom Info Actionable Insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Your top four takeaways from this episode with Christine Nolan. Number one, you are not at the conference to eat, drink, and talk to friends. Do not eat and drink yourself to death so you feel terrible. Keep your eye on the ball and focus on meeting prospects every minute of the day. Number two, when you preset meetings before the conference, Talk to that prospect's team in advance and then present that information to the prospect and what you know about them instead of pitching your solution and then ask why they're there. Number three. Also in planning, you should get all the pictures of the people you think or know will be at the event and put them in a Google Doc and then create organic moments where you can find those people that might mean walking the conference floor that might mean at certain sessions or happy hours that might even mean in the bathroom you can meet people everywhere and then lastly number four do not sit for an hour next to someone who is not a qualified prospect Play musical chairs in sessions, at happy hours, in every spot in the conference. Do not stay in one place. Constantly move and have as many conversations as possible. Nick, how can people help us out here? Well,
1: Christine talked about it, nailing conferences in the manner that she described requires a team effort. It's sort of awkward to be the odd man out who's really disciplined, eye on the ball at these conferences, trying to actually make an impact. And so my recommendation is if your entire team wants to nail, if you want your entire team to nail your next conference, share this episode with them, listen to it in full, and actually implement the playbook that Christine talks about. I promise you, you'll be closing some deals because of that conference. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on the show. Gartner says over half of sales leaders don't have high confidence in their forecast. One way we recommend to improve your forecast is to align as a team on explicit attributes that must be true in order to deem a deal forecastable. That way your forecast will get clearer and the team will know where to focus efforts. We put together a forecasting 101 guide with our friends at Exactly. Get it for free in the show notes.